And this message is called, I Changed My Mind About Worry and Anxiety. At the end of this message, I believe that you will not see worry and anxiety the same, nor will you experience it the same. That's my prayer. In Romans chapter 12, this will be the theme scripture now of this series. Paul says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says, don't be conformed to this world. That word, the word conformed is where we get our word schematic. It means identical in the way that they think. Paul is saying, if you're gonna live your life for God and present your body uh, as a sacrifice to God, you can't think the way the world thinks. You have to learn a new way of thinking. And it says, let your mind be transformed or, or your life be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transformed there is the Greek word metamorpho, where we get our word metamorphosis. That's why the graphic of this series is a butterfly, a cocoon that turns into a butterfly, a total transformation. Once we're saved, that is important related to our eternal address, but you can be on your way to heaven living a very earthly life and living the way that everybody else lives and experiencing the same defeat that everybody else does. But the victory comes by the renewing of our mind and the renewing of our thoughts. So I wanna talk in this message. In fact, the, the next, my next three messages, this one is on worry and anxiety. The next one is on insecurity, okay? You probably have never felt insecure, but those crazy friends of yours do. And you, you need to help them out, so I'm gonna to talk to you about that. And then the last message is on fear. So we're gonna talk about worry and insecurity, or worry and anxiety, insecurity and fear, and what the Bible has to say about that and the way that that changes the way that we think and the way that we live. So this message, of course, is on worry and anxiety, but I want to, worry, anxiety, and fear are really the same thing emotionally. They're just experienced on different levels. Worry, anxiety, and fear, they're stair steps. So fear is, and even fear is experienced in different intensities. And I say poodle to pit bull fear. You know, when you're experiencing fear, I delivered appliances in college for my uncle, and I was delivering a washer one day with a friend of mine, and we were delivering it, and I was pulling the, the, the washer through the house on a set of dollies, and he was on the other side of the washer and had this horrible look on his face. And so we put, installed the washer, and they had this little poodle in the house, and so when we got back in the truck, I said, what, what was that look on your face? He said, that poodle bit me from the time we walked in, the time we walked out. <laughs> and I said, it hurt. He said, he didn't have any teeth. It just worried me. You know, so there's poodle type of fear, but then there's pit bull fear, okay? Fear is a negative emotion caused by a real or perceived threat to our well-being. A negative, there's a threat to our well-being, so we feel this emotion. Anxiety again, is experienced in different intensities. And I have cowboy game to company layoffs. How many of you get nervous during cowboy games? <laughs> I'm, I'm the biggest cowboy fan in the world. I'll always be a cowboy fan. I can't root for any other team because I hate all of them. <laughs> I've been trained since birth to hate every team but the Cowboys. They are my team. But I, I just, I'm always, amen, thank you <laughs> for that. But. And in my congregation in Amarillo, they torment me because anyone that is anything other than a cowboy fan wears their jerseys and jackets and hats and all that kind of just to torment me. And so we have an altar call for them to get saved in every service. <laughs> but, you know, the, 
Anxiety is to be uneasy and nervous about an event, person, or problem I can't control. I'm anxious because I can't control it. I wish I could control it, but I can't. So I feel anxious about that. Worry, and I have weather to wedding kind of worry. And worry is to mentally dwell on difficulty or trouble. It just means a chronic concern. And again, this is the, the least level I'm worried, but worry can become anxiety and fear and fear, fear can subside to anxiety and worry. So it's really the same emotion, it's just experienced on different levels, but we're commanded in Scripture not to do all three. We are commanded in Scripture not to fear, not to be anxious, and not to worry. Now listen, listen to what I'm about to say now. God would never command us not to do something if we didn't have the ability not to do it. Right? Is that correct? Am I right? You can say amen if you agree. Okay, you agree. So God has commanded all of us not to fear, okay? The, the, by the way, the commandment do not fear or fear not is the most common commandment in the Bible. God created us to live in peace, not in fear. Let, let, me, let me make this statement, and I'll make this statement probably again in my last message. As much as you know the presence of God by peace, you know the presence of the devil by fear. God never created us to live in fear. And that's why constantly through the Bible, we are commanded, do not fear. God does not want us to live that way. And then in Philippians 4, 6, the scripture I'll read in just a little bit, the apostle Paul says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. And I'll read the entire scripture in just a minute, and we'll talk about it. Anxiety. The Bible says, be anxious for not one thing. We have the ability to live without being anxious about one thing. And you say stress, anxiety, stress. On whatever level, it is the number one reason for sickness and disease. In America today, the number one reason for prescribed medications is stress and anxiety. The number one reason for doctor's office visits is stress and anxiety. It is a killer on every level. It literally causes us to live not as long, is to have a shorter lifespan. And then worry. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 25, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. And Jesus also told us, by the way, that uh, we were not to worry about tomorrow because tomorrow, he said, has enough problems of its own, so don't worry about tomorrow. He would never say that if we didn't have the ability now not to do that. So I grew up worrying. I grew up with fear, anxiety, and worry. I just remember as a kid, I was always worried. And I had, you know, different fears. And I didn't, I didn't act like I was worried. I, you know, I kind of carried myself in a way that I didn't, I didn't seem to be fearful about other people, but I was. I had a lot of fear and anxiety in my life. It caused physical problems, especially skin problems when I was a kid, eczema and different kind of problems that I had. One time I went to the doctor with a skin problem. Uh, I was probably about 20 or 21 years old. And when I said, doctor, I've got this skin problem right here. And the doctor said, okay, great, and left the room. And the nurse came in, and I, I just wanted a prescription. You know, I just wanted him to give me a prescription. I'd go get my prescription filled, go home happy. I got my medicine. And the nurse came in with a cassette tape player, for those of you who remember cassette tapes. And she put it on the counter and said, the doctor wants you to listen to this. And she pushed the play button, walked out, and it was on worry. And I, and I was so mad. I was just told, for, I didn't come here to get preached to. You know, I just want my medicine. But the problem that I had was not a physical problem. It was an emotional problem that became a physical problem. 
And that was the problem. I had relationship problems. I had problems with people pleasing and problems with control all at the same time. I had all kinds of problems. And so I got saved. And when I got saved, it helped. Obviously, it helped. The baptism of the Holy Spirit helped a lot. And then I came into the ministry. I came from the appliance business, my father's appliance business. I had never been to seminary. A year earlier, I had been in business. I'd come on as a marriage counselor and pre-marriage counselor, Trinity Fellowship in Amarillo. We were members of the church. 10 months later, in June of 1983, I became the senior pastor. A year earlier, I'd been in the appliance business. Never done a funeral, never done a wedding, never led a staff, only prepared for a couple of sermons. I didn't know it. The first time I did a funeral, I had to ask the guy at the funeral home what to do. And that was pretty bad. And so I just, I, I, and I had, so when I came to the ministry, fear of man, fear of failure, fear of rejection, fear of financial failure, anxiety about every, everything. And the church was growing. The church was doing well. But I lived in constant anxiety and fear, which put Karen and I into position, relational problems, emotional problems. I was a distracted father, on and on and on, all because of fear, anxiety, and worry in my life at that point. And the root of all fear, anxiety, and worry is the same. It's an orphan spirit. Let me tell you something about God. He absolutely loves to be a daddy. And the context of Jesus' statement of not worrying was the context of God being our father. And the reason that I grew up with so much fear, anxiety, and worry is because I didn't know that I had a father. I didn't know somebody was taking care of me. And I did not, even though I prayed as a pastor, a young pastor, and even though I had a relationship with God, I just didn't understand how much he loves being a father. Now let me say this. The, I, I'm a, I have two children, four grandchildren. I absolutely love being a father. And I, abs, and I love being a grandfather even more. I love being a father. I'm pappy, is what my grandkids call me. I love being pappy. And my grandchildren are never a bother to me. And what would hurt me the most is if they didn't let me pappy them. When my children or my grandchildren ask me to do something, it is one of the greatest joys of my life. God, and I'm evil compared to him. He adores you. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything that you're facing. And what he loves the most is to daddy us through every circumstance in our lives. The root issue of all fear, worry, and anxiety, chronic fear, worry, and anxiety is an orphan spirit and not understanding how much God loves us. Well, I want to tell you about a dream that I had. I don't have spiritual dreams. Let me just say that right up front. I don't have spiritual dreams. I have two categories of dreams. Dumb dreams that I don't remember and dumb dreams that I do remember. <laughs> I'm praying to God my dreams don't mean anything. I have the dumbest dreams. So I, but I had a spiritual dream on January 17th of this year. And it was a spiritual dream. I'll tell you about it. Now, Karen and I, you know, Karen and I watch uh, shows together, TV shows together. We record shows, American Idol, stuff like that. We watch them. And I always know Karen's trying to get rid of me because she turns her shows on. You know, Garden Channel, Cooking Channel, uh, Hallmark movies. <laughs> I always fall asleep when I say that, excuse me. And uh, Hallmark movies. So we were watching TV one night, and she turned on a Hallmark movie, which meant leave the room right now. And so I went in my office at home, and I watched one of my Chinese war movies. I love Chinese war movies. 
And I'm, I'm talking about actual made in China with the subtitles are fantastic. And so I went, uh, I went to my office and I turned on War of the Arrows, a fabulous movie. Now, let me say this, you, you don't probably want your kids to watch it, lots of folks get killed by arrows. You know, War, War of the Arrows. So I watched War of the Arrows and War of the Arrows, the theme of War of the Arrows is fear. And there's a father who lives in China, but it's a corrupt China. And this father has withstood the Chinese government and, and, and stood against them, and they're attacking him. The beginning of the movie, they're attacking him. And so they're attacking his home, and he has a little 10-year-old boy, and the little boy is terrified. And the father is about to get killed. The, his whole family is getting killed. And the father's about to die. He grabs his 10-year-old son and said, go get your sister and run to your uncle's house. And the boy's crying and screaming, and he grabs the boy and said, you face your fears. You get your sister, and you get out of here, and you go to your uncle's house right now. So the little boy's crying, he gets his sister, his father gets killed, he runs to his uncle's house, and the rest of the movie now is this boy growing up into being a warrior and facing his fears. The entire movie is that, so I go to sleep. So after watching War of the Arrows, that's the right time to go to sleep. So I would just really in the right mood. So I go to sleep and all night long I have this dream. Vivid, I'm, I'm colorblind. So anytime I dream in color, it's of God. So I go to bed and I'm having this 3D full color dream. And in my dream, there are three or four or 500 people, uh, just all my favorite people, church people, my family, Karen's there, the kids and grandkids are there. My mom and dad were both there at 35 years old. My mom's 84 yesterday, she turned 84. My dad passed away four years ago. But my mom and dad were both in the dream at 35 years old, healthy, happy. And it just, everybody was having a great time. Everybody was partying and having a great time. Uh, and so I look over and Osama bin Laden is sitting at a table in, in this big church group, okay? And we have him, we, we kept, he's, he's handcuffed. He's very docile, their whole, whole dream. Vivid, vivid Osama bin Laden is sitting right there, okay? And so he's handcuffed, and what we all know is we captured him and we're gonna execute him. Okay, we all, it's just a common thing that we all know. So we're just having a great time. Everybody's visiting and having a good time except me and Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden is not in a great mood, we're about to kill him. So, and, but I'm, I'm worried all night long. I'm sitting here, and so I'm looking around and everybody's having a great time. Everybody's partying, visiting, and it, it, the more they do, the more it bothers me. And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, if we've got Osama bin Laden here, we're probably being surrounded by Al-Qaeda right now. And so I look over our security people, and we, we have fabulous security people like you do. And I look over and our head security guy is named Larry. And Larry and all of our security guys are just happy, talking, visiting. And so I looked over and I said, Larry, Larry, and I'm worried to death about Osama bin Laden is sitting right there. And so I said, Larry, and Larry's just talking, visiting. I said, Larry. And he just visited, I said, Larry. And he turned around, yeah, Pastor Jimmy. And I said, do we have a gun? <laughs> and he said, just like this, just happy-go-lucky. I don't know, I'll look into that. <laughs> and he turned around and I just thought, we just captured Bin Laden. We're probably surrounded by every bad person on earth right now. We don't have, so I start going through the place looking for a gun. And finally, after searching for hours, I find a 38 Special and I think, well, thank God we have one gun. 
And I put the gun in my belt and came back. Everybody's just having the biggest time in the world. And I am just completely frustrated and bothered. And so finally, it's the end of the night. It's time to kill bin Laden. And so we, I said to the security guys, well, let's take him in the shed back here. We're going to kill him. And so we go in the shed back there. I'm the only one with a gun. So we're in this shed and I picked the gun up and all the security guys around me, Bin Laden, Bin Laden never caused any trouble. He was just there. So I pulled, put the gun up against his head and when I put up the gun up against his head, I turned to all the people in the room and said, don't tell anybody who pulled this trigger. I don't want them to come after me. And I woke up. And when I woke up, I thought, oh my gosh, I've been dreaming that for hours. That's all night long. And the Lord said, I want to talk to you about this when you get up. And so I said, okay. So it was about three or four in the morning. So when I woke up to have my quiet time, I was sitting there and the Lord said this to me, son, you've overcome fear in your life. And I have overcome fear. That's one thing that I had overcome. And here's what he said to me. I'll never forget it. He said, you never thought about me in your dream. And I thought, not one time. Never in my dream, one time, did the thought about God come up. Here's the second thing that the Lord said to me. Why did you wait till the end of the night to execute him? It was in your power to do it at the beginning of the night. And here's the third thing the Lord said to me. Because he sat in your midst, you could not enjoy your family and friends. I can't tell you how many times in my life that the joy of my life has been robbed by worry and anxiety. And in the midst of my family and in the midst of the people that I enjoy the most, I couldn't enjoy it. And the Lord said, here's how you're going to overcome worry and anxiety. Focus on me. Consider worry and anxiety as enemies of your life that you're going to deal with every day at the beginning of the day. And enjoy the people in your life and stop worrying. I've changed my mind about worry and anxiety, and I want you to listen to what I'm saying. They are not normal and inevitable. They're common, but they're not normal. Jesus is normal. Everything else isn't normal. See, the reason that worry exists so often is because we just think it's normal. It's not normal. It's common, but it's not normal. It doesn't have to be in our life. And it's, it's robbing us of God. It's robbing us of our family in that. It distracts me from God and people. It robs me of my joy. And it exists because I allow it to exist. Listen to what I'm saying. Worry exists and anxiety exists because we allow it. We are in complete control of our lives. God would never command us to do something that we don't have the ability to do. So when God says, do not fear, do not worry, do not be anxious, we have the power of doing it. So let me tell you how to overcome worry and anxiety and I'm done. Number one, consider them as agents of the enemy to destroy your life and to rob you of your joy. Consider worry and anxiety as enemies. What's the significance of bin Laden in my dream? The enemy was present, but he wasn't active. He, he wasn't killing us. He wasn't hurting us. He was just sitting there. He was just sitting right in the middle. Worry and anxiety means the devil has implanted something in your life that's just sitting there intimidating you. And because of that, you can't focus on God and the people that you love. And that's the greatest problem with worry and anxiety. It robs you of your ability to worship, to love the people that you love, and all of that. At the end of that night, I had not visited with one person in my dream. Everyone was loving each other. Everyone was enjoying each other. But I can't remember a conversation 
in that dream except yelling at Larry. My whole dream was worried about the outcome of bin Laden. So it's an enemy. Every morning I'm gonna wake up. Number two, turn every anxious and worrisome thought into a prayer until victory. Every worrisome and anxious thought, I'm gonna pray until I get victory. This is a Philippians 4 that I referred to earlier. Be anxious for nothing, not one thing, but in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Be anxious for not one thing. So let me, let's don't be religious about this. Let's, and I don't even be spiritual about it, okay? When you wake up in the morning, don't have a prayer list. Don't have a prayer list. Have a list that says this. This is what's bothering me today. That, have you ever tried to pray and your mind wanders? You know what your mind is wandering to? What you really ought to be praying about. And you're sitting there trying to pray, but you're thinking about the guy that you hate and you have to have a meeting with him today. And your mind is wandering at this anxious thought about money or something, and you're trying to be religious and pray these nice prayers. You'll either worry, you'll either pray or you'll worry. And your old worry list is your new prayer list. Attack bin Laden every morning. Don't let bin Laden sit in your life all day robbing you of God and the people that you love. And every morning that you wake up, he's there. There's a financial bin Laden. There's a relational bin Laden. There's a health bin Laden. There's, a bin Laden. there's an enemy implanted there, and they're not necessarily attacking you. They're just there, and you know that they're there. And all day long, rather than being able to enjoy your life and the people in your life, you're just focused on the potential liability, the potential harm that's gonna come from this situation today or sometime in the future. So you just can't ever enjoy your life and you can't ever enjoy God. And that's the problem. So let me go back through this scripture. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication. Supplication means anything that helps you pray more effectively. Fasting, reading the word, worship, anything that helps you in your prayers. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. What does that mean? Listen to me. You say, with thanksgiving, I'm going to let my request made known to God. That's, that means, God, thank you for all the things that you've done for me. That's not what that means. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God means, as I'm praying, I'm thanking him that he loves me, he's hearing me, and he's going to answer my prayer. God, I thank, Jesus said, Father, I thank you that you hear my prayers. I thank you, for I'm coming to you because you're my loving daddy. You know everything going on in my life and you care about it. And I'm thanking you right now that you're hearing this prayer and you're gonna answer me from heaven. And you walk through the all day long, not worrying about whether God's gonna do it. You're thanking God because you know he's the best daddy in the universe. Listen, well-fathered children are fearless children. The root of all fear, worry, and anxiety is an orphan spirit because orphans are on their own and they have to take care of their own problems. And the devil wants you to feel as though that you're on your own and you have to solve your own problems. You have the best father in the universe. Stop grieving over the father you didn't have and start rejoicing that you have the best father in the universe. He is your daddy. He loves being your daddy. And he loves helping you process anything in your life. Nothing is too small, nothing is too large. He just enjoys the ride. He just enjoys the relationship. 
And as we're sitting here obsessing about something, what it means is we're wasting the relationship. I'm going to say something to you, and I'm, I'm telling you the truth. If Bill Gates was your daddy, you'd never worry about money again. Right? Well, your daddy can buy Bill Gates a million times over and not exhaust his pocket change. Huh? If I'm preaching good, you can say amen. Thank you. Well, so with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace that passes comprehension, it's called dumb peace. Peace that you're either dumb or you have the peace of God. You know, the peace, and everybody's looking at you saying, what are you on? Peace. Listen, you know you've prayed enough when you get peace. The saints of old called it praying through. And they say, I'm going to pray through this issue. And what they meant was, I'm going to pray until I get that peace. And it says it will guard your heart and your mind, your thoughts and your feelings. The word guard there is the Greek word fruruo, and it means to guard against a military invasion. Don't be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and more prayer. Let your request go to God in prayer with thanksgiving. Thank him that he's listening. He's going to do it. And the peace of God that passes, you, you won't even understand why you have so much peace. It will set a military guard around your mind and heart so the devil cannot penetrate it with fear, worry, and anxiety. Somebody say amen. amen. It's the best news in the world. Don't make it religious. Don't make it spiritual. Make it practical. What's eating at you? What are you worried about? What's coming against you? Hold hands with daddy and attack it. Put your eyes on God. Kill bin Laden the first thing. Don't let him sit in your midst all day long. Don't let him ruin your life and ruin your party and your, ruin your relationships. Attack him every morning. Attack him before he sits there all day long. And enjoy your life by faith, knowing that your daddy is in control and you're not an orphan. You're the most well-fathered person in the world. All we've got to do is believe that. And the last thing is by faith, believe and confess that God is our loving dad and he cares for us. And for some people, that might be a stretch. Maybe because of the way we were raised or circumstances in our life. But Jesus said, Matthew 6, therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all things. Don't worry. Don't be anxious. Don't fear. You've got the best daddy in the universe, and he wants to attend you and father you through your life. He's the answer to every problem. And he's your loving father. Bow your heads if you would. Lord, we make a decision right now that we're not going to normalize worry and anxiety. It's not going to sit at our table in the midst of our lives and rob our joy and peace and destroy our relationship with you and others. In the name of Jesus, we make a decision right now. We are not going to be anxious for one thing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we're going to let our requests be made known to you. And we're believing you for that peace. I'm believing it right now for everyone here who's having physical, emotional, mental, relational problems because of fear and anxiety. In the name of Jesus, I pray the peace that passes understanding will be upon every man, woman, and child here and at every campus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys.